Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. We're going to talk about fasting. Go figure. We're going to talk about diabetes and fasting studies. Is it useful or harmful? Pretty much believe you know where we're going to land if you've been listening to us for a while now that, yes, we absolutely believe that you need to fast to reverse your diabetes. And we're also going to talk about a study on the effects of low-carb dietary intervention on hemoglobin A1c, which is one of the Mm. industry standard markers for blood sugar disorders. And we'll talk a little bit about how that's a downstream effect and something that can kind of lurk beneath the surface. But we're going to encourage you to take one thing away from today's episode. As we like to say, we're going to have a singular conversation with an actionable step for you to continue to be able to put fasting into your day-to-day life, Tommy. So welcome Mm. in. If you're a new listener, we're happy to have you with us. If you want to learn more about who we are and why we do what we do, head back to episode one, give it a listen, excuse me, with a little bit of grace as well as I cough into the microphone, (laughs) is that first episode, we're sharing our story for the first time, but our mission is to empower each and every person that has weight loss struggles, that hasn't been able to figure out a way to get the weight off and keep it off to improve long-term health. Fasting gave us our lives back and we want to share our story and our journey with you along the way. If you're an OG, appreciate you listening in. If you're a fasting for life lifer, thank you. I appreciate all of the incredible five-star reviews lately. Those are our favorite kind, of course. We take criticism too. Probably my bad jokes (laughs) and the coughing into the microphone, but... I think we can move forward, right? So we're yeah. excited to have. Hold on, any- hold on. Let me let me give a shout out for a five star review. Oh, okay, that I just all come through. Ooh, pivot. Um, all right, I like it. Amba, Amba says so thankful. I was completely new to fasting, and so thankful I found this podcast. I'm now on day number twelve of fasting. Congrats, yes. 16-8. I will right. continue to push to hit a twenty four as my goal. Then I want to do one meal a day. Oh, mad! And I can't tell you how much better I feel. And I am just so pumped. Yay, accountability. And I'm so excited to see where this goes. That's awesome, Amba. Congrats and and keep pushing. Keep leaning yes. into doing more of what's working for you right now. Yeah, and that's actually perfect timing as we had just released the new blueprint to fasting for fat loss. Oh, yes. And it's a resource that's going to accelerate and give you some examples on how to ramp up into getting to that OMAD. So it's a perfect, I didn't know mm-hmm. you're gonna do that, Tommy. That's it's perfect. Um, So if you haven't gotten the new blueprint, head to the show notes, click the link. It'll ask you to put in your name, your email. Don't worry, we're not going to spam you. We're going to zoom it across the interwebs. Yeah, It'll end up in your inbox. It'll be a resource, a PDF that you will be able to have and work through in being able to put fasting into and turn fasting from a diet into a lifestyle. Because so many of us do come to fasting to lose weight and get healthy. So 
With that, let's talk about some of the research that came out this past year in 2022, one from the beginning of the year in January, and then one from later in the year in October. And the cool yeah. thing is, is that fasting, you know, it's been around since the dawn of time, right? The fasting cure in 1911, you know, things, yeah. we used to go with periods without food forever, and it used to be called like winter. Right. And now it's called, <laughs> you're starving yourself, why aren't you eating every three hours? But you can go back and you know, oh, look how the perspective changes, right? It's in so many religious practices. One of the ones that's studied often is Ramadan. Yep. And that is mentioned in one of the first studies that we're going to mention today as well. But the takeaway should be, well, what's the application? What's the health benefit? What can it do for me? Right? So mm -hmm. especially in the prevention of metabolic disease, like diabetes and yeah then comorbidities like metabolic syndrome, which is blood pressure, triglycerides, all of those things, as well mm -hmm. as cardiometabolic issues. And we've done episodes on all things related to those and the episode on, you know, how eight of the top 10 reasons why people lose their life or their life is shortened here in the United States is related to blood sugar dysregulation or insulin. So mm -hmm. we're talking about lifestyle diseases and lifestyle prevention. But the problem is, is that the system we have is very symptom-based. So we're gonna talk about the A1C today and how it is a industry standard test, but we're also gonna show that the results from the study move the needle on the gold standard of insulin resistance, which is the upstream, like the iceberg mm -hmm. above the surface, yeah. not yeah. the festering, slowly growing, all of a sudden my labs are out of whack and my doctor yeah. wants to put me on medication 20 years later when the problem's been there, we just haven't been able to identify it. So- Couldn't see it, couldn't see it. Couldn't see it, right? So we're just not looking in the right place. So the first study yeah. came out of the Turkish Journal of Medical Sciences, and it's evidence-based information about intermittent fasting in diabetes patients, useful or harmful. Hmm. And funny, funny that the main takeaway from this is we need more fasting, <laughs> right? And their yeah. takeaway was that they, they go through all different rigmaroles of things that they looked at, and they I'll, I'll give you a little bit of perspective here on the calorie restriction or what they called fasting regimens that they looked at. But the reality was that, hey, we need more research, right? And yeah. if you've been anyone that struggled with blood sugar and you go to the American Diabetes Association or any of the associations across the world, you will see that dietary change is one, but then when you get to a certain point, there's medication management. And the reality yeah. is, is that the medication isn't going to reverse the disease process. It's going to slowly manage it. But most mm. times those things continue to increase over time, just like my dad's story, more medications, mm. more insulin, different types of insulin, administering it multiple times throughout the day as a type two diabetic, not type one, we're talking type two here. So it's like, okay, well, we know we're not metabolically healthy. Only 12% of the population is some studies show as low as eight. We know that only 5% of people lose the weight and keep it off. All right, maintain a healthy. We know the numbers are are yeah. increasing in all of those disease processes that we mentioned. It's like, all right, hey, this yep. study's great. Let's look at fasting and whether or not it can reverse diabetes. Well, we know that fasting can improve 10 times over insulin and blood sugar and blood pressure and cholesterol numbers and all of those studies that we've talked about over the last few years and the ones that are, there's more now coming out than ever before, which is super exciting. But this one was kind of lackluster in their definition on page four of the study of like their types of fasting that they studied and their takeaway was, well, we need more research. I'm like, yeah, but what you <laughs> looked at really wasn't fasting when it comes to fast. Skipping a meal is not fasting. Yeah. Skipping a meal is, oh, my flight was late and I didn't have time to stop at the, you know, the airport kiosk to get a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> 
But don't right? worry, I made up for it later. <laughs> yeah, right. When I landed, yeah. woo, went to the Brazilian steakhouse. Full. Right. Right. Or or I grabbed some additional snacks, you know? And like I, I think the perspective that that was helpful for me towards the beginning of my fasting journey that I wish I had a little bit sooner was just the fact that, you know, these are these are both blood sugar related issues and blood sugar related studies. And what I what I think is was really important to to remember is the fact that the difference between non-diabetic and non-pre-diabetic and diabetic as far as the a1c goes is mm -hmm. is less than than one percent on on the numbers that we typically use right like going from 5.7 to 6.4 or above 6.5 so i think it's just Im important to remember that even if i even if i have let's say only quote unquote 20 pounds that i need to lose on average, my blood sugar is higher than it, than it should be. It's higher than my, my body can really handle at that moment because it, it keeps trying to push out a little more and a little more insulin to get the blood sugar lower. But the thing is that that doesn't allow it to tap into fat stores that I actually have. So right. on average, I'm accumulating over time, you know? So, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if I, if I don't have diabetes or I don't feel like I'm on the path to diabetes. All of this stuff is still relevant even right. if I just have a few pounds to lose, right? Yeah, so you just, you just mentioned something that they mentioned in the first study and they, they identify it in the animal studies as the metabolic switch, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the activation of many pathways that occur when you fast or you delay food, right? And you allow yeah. insulin to come down. So they look at it, they, they say that it's thought that these mechanisms of action are also valid in humans. And we do have some studies that show that due to low blood glucose levels during fasting periods, less insulin secretion occurs compared to other times, right? So we want, right, no food's coming in. Our body's going to flip that switch, and mm -hmm. that's why we're going to be able to see the effects that we will on insulin and markers like A1C. So the thing with the first study is looking at their fasting windows, and then the A1C study actually gives us some hope. But the, the fasting regimens that they looked at were, you know, fasting 14 to 18 hours, right? Mm -hmm. So that's more intermittent fasting, and it's really just skipping breakfast, sure. right? So <clears throat> deliberately. Yeah. Deliberately, Cons intentionally, consistently, delaying, right? not <laughs> denying, right? Consistently, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then there was a 16-hour fast, again, following the same thing with two meals, like a two-mad scenario. So mm -hmm. I'll give it mild fasting. And then a one-day-a-week fast. So one day a week, you water only fast for one day. And then the rest of the week is normal consumption. So that's not really yeah. fasting. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, I don't know, you could be sick for a day and not eat, right? So. Right. Then you've got Ramadan fasting, which is typically be 11 to 18 hours, right? So 18 hours, you're getting into that, you know, autophagy starting to turn on, insulin starting mm -hmm. to come down, but you're right on the cusp. And then the IER regimens, they did alternate day fasting, right? So mm -hmm. you can eat whatever you want, ad libitum on the feasting days. And then on fasting days, you can actually have up to 25%, five or 600 calories. So mm -hmm. there's some good fasting there. Lots of slippage. We did a whole episode on, on ADF, multiple episodes. Yeah. That there's a lot of room for error with ADF, sure. and that's why they have a modified ADF as well, but beneficial. Then the 5-2 mm -hmm. diet, which is twice a week, you have fasting days. They don't have to be consecutive or fast cycling, like stacking those fasts to get the greatest metabolic benefit and insulin decrease. Yeah. So tiny bit of fasting in that one. And then a combination of intermittent fasting and caloric restriction, which is really just sending mixed signals because you'll have elevated periods of insulin and like snacking and multiple meals. Yeah. And then not low enough calorie, time. Low calorie, high insulin. Yeah. Low calorie, elevated insulin. Exactly. Yeah. So that's mixed messages. They actually label it variable. And then intermittent, very low carb, which is one day a week, kind of a, a modified 
carb cycling type approach, which for us, mm-hmm. carb cycling is something, you know, performance-based, body composition-based, and really complicated for a lot of folks, but yeah. can be done where you just rotate the amount of carbs that you have on sure. certain days of the week. So the takeaway is it's necessary to show which IF regimen is safe and effective and for how long for diabetic patients, right? So if you're on yeah. medication, then yes, you need to let your doctor know, like, hey, I want to start fasting. This is what I'm doing. They need mm-hmm. to be supportive because there are, there are certain medications, like if you're forcing your blood sugar low with medication, then you then you need to be aware and be able to be able to track that with either yeah. a CGM or a finger stick, right? There is mm-hmm. no major concern for the ketoacidosis side, which is the, the fear piece, because mm-hmm. that really typically only happens in type one diabetics and also in, in weird insulinomas, tumor type situations. So mm-hmm. fasting is safe for diabetics. They, you just need to be monitoring your blood sugar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the fun study, right? The one that does show that fasting or that low carb or lifestyle intervention, right? IE fasting can lower your A1C numbers in three or six months. We're not talking three to six years, but three to six months, Tommy. And that's where I love where you set the stage with, you know, under 5.7, 5.7 to 6.4, which is pre-diabetes and then 6.5 and above, which is diabetes. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you 
to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. Yeah, because when we're talking about A1C, it's it's good to note like where that comes from and what it actually means. So right. you're you're looking at, you know, between 60 to 90 days for the average hemoglobin molecule that's that's actually transporting oxygen through the bloodstream. And so it's it's really important because it doesn't take a, a big difference there to go from 5.7%, you know, sugar saturation on these on these molecules to get up to, you know, in the sixes and then, you know, you start to creep creep towards the the diabetes, you know, diagnosis, but that's not a whole lot of room for error if you think about it. But the the cool thing is that those those molecules basically last for about 60 to 90 days. So that's what you're it's it's a look back. It's a lagging it's a lagging indicator, if right. you will, for what's been happening physiologically. So to to see that we can we can start to move the needle and we see some promising results here over over just a a few months and then start to put that together with dialing up our fasting a bit more like you were talking about in the previous study where some right. of those were some of those methods weren't quite on getting to where yeah oh on man the cusp of flipping the switch yeah, it's really close it's really close but if we can put those things together now we can see some some really just incredible results that you may be like ah oh, like knocking out the door you know yeah, the cool thing about this study was they were looking at the three and six month marks, right? And it was a randomized mm. clinical trial for 150 adults, low carb diet intervention, so less than 40 net carbs a day. And there was a significant reduced hemoglobin A1C compared with the usual diet over six months. Nice. So a direct finding, Tommy, you did the math, right? So if you want to mm -hmm. share that of what that delta is and then what that changes and how close it can be from getting you from one category to the next in just six months. Yeah. So it was it was basically going over the, the six months, you you reached about a 0.23% reduction in the A1C. So taking it from on average about a 6.17 down to a 5.94. So depending on exactly you know where you fall, that can be enough to to move the needle. That could be enough to get off of a medication or or reduce one potentially, or to to see a new number on the scale potentially. Because if you can get that number down, then that means insulin can follow. That on average, it can come down a bit more, which means that I can spend more time tapping into those long term fat stores right. rather than just you know burning through more sugar than I'm bringing in. That will come, we come out. Yeah, 100%. This is why we focus on like knowing your numbers, right? So the cool thing about this study and the importance of it that they were really pushing into was that low-carb diets decrease A1C among patients with type 2, at least as much as low-fat diets. We just did an episode on low-fat versus low-carb, right? Yeah. Which is really interesting. However, we, we do say so ourselves. <laughs> However, evidence on the effects of low-carb diets on A1C, because low-carb is so popular, like, is it beneficial? Is it going to be the long-term solution for you, right? Yeah. Is that the solution, right? Well, some of the studies show that long-term low-carb restriction in diabetics at the two-year mark isn't as beneficial, but we're talking six months, smaller right. sample size, keto, 90 days. What's easier the result? Easier to stick to over six months. Yeah, too. easier to stick yeah. to. Incredible. Trying new things, figuring out, hey, is this my long-term solution to get you off the dieting weight loss roller coaster, right? Get you off the struggle bus. So the cool thing about this study was they were focusing on the range of pre-diabetes to diabetes. They were focusing on the mm -hmm. pre-diabetes group because in the diabetes group treated with medication, 
the A1C has been documented to show results. So I love the fact that we're talking about not the 40 million Americans that have type 2 diabetes, but mm -hmm. the fact that the statistics right now from the CDC, the most updated ones, is 96 million Americans, more than one in three have prediabetes. Wow. Here's the staggering statistic. 80% don't know it. Yeah, I believe it. I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah. Woo, but my liver enzymes are up a little bit. My blood okay. pressure was kind of elevated a little bit. My waist yep. circumference was increasing. HDL, there were signs. LDL ratio getting off. Yeah, just the ratio bit. was off a little bit. Yeah. Right. So yeah. fasting, obviously, shown to over periods of time to decrease so many, so many health benefits. It's incredible. Yeah. But lab metrics for sure to show the, those positive net effects. So when we're looking at this study specifically versus the control group. You had mentioned that reduction in A1C, and then we also look at fasting plasma glucose and the fasting, uh, excuse me, the low carb intervention group. Imagine if we added fasting, just like the first study, right? right. We need a little yeah. more fasting. What do you need? Yeah. More fasting. How do you get there? Go grab the blueprint. It, it yeah. walks you through exactly what your week should look like and how to get yep. there. So shameless Take plug. <laughs> it's a free resource. There you go. Yeah. You got it. So. We just realized that there was a gap that needed to be filled and we're, and we're really excited with the, the feedback so far as well. Yes. So fasting plasma glucose at the baseline three month and six month mark decreased, steadily decreased, right? So just shy of 110 to just over 105 to just shy of 100, wow, right? So a big change, right? But the usual diet group actually went up at three months and then back yep. down, but not down to the original starting point as baseline at the six month mark. Ouch. So it's like a mountain peak, right? I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. Systolic blood pressure. Both groups decline, but significantly at the three-month mark from baseline to three-month mark in the low-carb group. And then total cholesterol decreased both. But at the six-month mark, it veered away from the usual diet group as well. And then the weight stayed almost identical, right, Tommy? The number on this mm -hmm. one's pretty cool. Almost identical at the baseline group, uh, excuse me, at the usual diet group from baseline to three month to six month. But there was a huge drop from, and this can happen with carbohydrates and the water that, you know, one gram of carbs, three grams of water, the whoosh effect. Yeah. From baseline to three months or from starting point to three months. But there was also a pretty big decrease from three months to six months, which resulted in what was the total number? Yeah, it was around 13 pounds. Right. Different between those groups, which, I mean, you know, so uh, that's a great place to be. If you if you go like, okay, three months or six months from now, I could be, you know, 13 pounds down from where I am. Like, like that's 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 really cool. If I can, if I could hang my hat on that, if I could rely right. on that. You know, what would be nice is if I didn't have to wait six months to take off 13 pounds. That would be even more motivating, right? Like, you know, you don't want to you don't want it all to just to just vanish overnight. That can can have its own like its own issues. But right. if we can if we can do it a little bit faster consistently and we can we can put some of the superpowers combine them like a little bit of you know deliberate low carb nutritious eating with a little bit longer and more consistently you know hitting my fasting timers. Okay. Right. Now now I'm able to go like okay, I can see myself doing some things week to week here without getting so frustrated with the process, yeah. right? Like this yeah. is so common with the the yo-yo dieting. Just like the shout out you gave to the five-star reviewer, right? Like you're mm -hmm. starting the process. And you're doing it. You're doing yeah. it in real yeah. time. 
It's like my kid riding a bike. You're doing it. Don't right. look down. You're doing oh, it. Smash. You're doing uh, it. <laughs> no, don't look down. Oh, wait. I just said don't yeah. look down. What do they do? I said they don't look, look down. down. Man. Ah, okay. My fault. Yep. Bad parenting. Learn. Learn yep. from our mistakes, right? So another one of the exploratory outcomes that I thought was really cool too, if we're talking about long-term health metrics or moving the needle, prevention, yeah. never ending up having to have that conversation with the doc or the loved right. one. Six-month decreases in fasting insulin. Huge homeostasis model assessment of insulin resistance, which is the gold standard, the HOMA IR. And if you're wondering what that is, search our podcast episodes. We have an episode on that, give you the equation and everything. Mm -hmm. And waist circumference, we have a a resource on that as well with our insulin resistant assessment on our resources tab on our website. Waist circumference and waist to height ratio is a huge indicator of cardiometabolic issues. The decreases were significantly greater in the intervention group than the usual diet group. So never mind A1C, wow. but fasting insulin upstream, HOMA IR upstream, and then waist circumference and height to waist ratio, which is something that some people don't realize yeah. is actually a better way to measure progress. Never I mind. away from that one for a long time. Right. You know, minimal changes in blood pressure, HDL, LDL. There were decreases and some variability in those, but this didn't include fasting. Right. The fasting studies clearly show that those things will change and come down. So if you're looking at low carb and you've done it before, maybe it's time to look at it in a different light. Mm. Doing the low carb for now, let's get the movement, let's get the scale moving, let's get the blood sugar variability. Right. They had mentioned that the majority of time in the low carb group was spent between 70 and 120, which is the normal range for non diabetics. Yeah. We want less volatile swings in our blood sugar because that's where we get out of whack and adipose storage and insulin can't get down and, or it's elevated for too long and cravings and mood swings and fatigue and insert the laundry list of stuff we feel on a daily basis when it's like, yeah. man, I just want to feel better, but you just get stuck. So really it's cool that, study. It's that concentration of sugar in the blood that ends up you know, ticking up the A1C because it's, it's getting pushed onto those hemoglobin molecules. So right. the more time we can spend in that in that healthier range, then the the more time it has to to actually get burned off, to dissipate, and not just stick on, and then get circulated all throughout. So I, I really love the the encouragement and the empowerment that's that's you know sitting right here in front of us. We can put these these methods together, and yep. we can actually like start you know moving the needle in a very cool way. Yeah, and they found those those you know the the significantly lower twenty four hour glucose and higher percentage of the time between the normal range of 70 to 120. We don't want blood sugars in the 90s. That's prediabetes. We want blood sugars in the 70s and 80s and feeling good, right? You've got a buffer, okay? Just like the control, the intervention group had that decrease, bringing them down through the prediabetes range, nearing in on that non-diabetic range, right? Which is what we want. The CGM is more of an advanced tool, right? It's something that you would use blood sugar that we had mentioned with the first study, how diabetics mm-hmm. need to look at their numbers and know what their numbers are, right? So just a really cool contrast of, eh, we need a little bit more fasting, but hey, look what we can do with the dietary intervention. And then yeah. imagine if we combine the two together. So Tommy, if you're looking, if the folks are looking for a takeaway from today, and I didn't realize the shout out was going to happen, but I mean, go grab the blueprint, go mm-hmm. download it. Look at the sample weeks and we show you how to ramp up and the tips and tricks and the things. And there's some perspective in there as well on what a successful fasting lifestyle should look like. And we're just yeah. super excited to deliver that resource to you. It's free, free resource. Go grab it. Tommy, final thoughts as we wrap up today's episode. I'm going to encourage you all to go to the show notes, click the link, 
and just you can do it like you yeah. can do it you just got to start somewhere yeah you got to start somewhere and it doesn't start working until you take the action so right. information is good but we right. got to apply the yeah, information yeah just don't download so, it and keep it yeah. in the spam folder <laughs> And, and don't just hear the message and go, yeah, right. that's, a, that's a bunch of good stuff. And then, and then turn it off out of sight, yeah. out of mind, right? So go take your first action today. Go yep. like a hit start on your fasting timer if it's not already set. Yep. Or if it is already set, good for you. Pat yourself on the back. And right. then think about your next nutrition opportunity. What are you going to break your fast with? Is it something that's, that's serving your long-term goals? Or right. is it something more on the, I've been looking forward to it, fear of missing out, you know, a craving kind of side. Take, take a look. Have a, have a minute of perspective and make yep. a decision that feels good for you and your long-term goals and then keep doing what's working. That's awesome. Head to the show notes, click the link, go get that blueprint. We're excited for you. I know we can be a little yeah. cheeky with it sometimes, right? But we like oh, to have fun along though. the way. We need to have fun in this process <laughs> yes. so we can break that cycle of that dieting, just, just that dieting oh, mindset. We want to get off the, the struggle bus. We want you to get on to the fasting for life blueprint. That's what we want. We want yeah. you guys to be the able to take ship. this. The rocket. Oh, I like that. Launch it, yeah. right? The yep. rocket ship. Fasting is so powerful. We're encouraging you to take that first step or get back on track today too. Tommy, yeah. as always, thank you for the conversation and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.